Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Key, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Can't ask for better new product lines than that. Great pre owned inventory. Wide selection, all with the Sunbury Motors guarantee and a fabulous service department that backs up every purchase. And a great time to deal. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Dave uh, from Jameson will get to your email at 435 because you have some intriguing questions. In a few moments, Sean Zach's going to join us from golf.com on Tiger Woods. But first, our play-by-play call the day. Turnovers are bad. That's something they, they practice and talk about. There, there's no question. But now well, you got to play it out. Two-point game. One time out. Oh. Kansas instead cruising to the rim and losing it is Jalen Wilson. He had a layup, and he simply lost the ball. Was Wilson going to the basket here took a little bump from Matt Coleman, but just lost the ball out of bounds. Bob Wischusen and Jay Billis last night at ESPN, the Kansas-Texas game. All right. Turnover's not good. All right. Sean Zach uh, now joins us from golf.com. Great to have you with us uh, updating Tiger Woods. Thanks for your time. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good. So what was yesterday like for you and everybody else working there? <laughs> yeah, it was a crazy day. Uh, right around, I guess, noonish is when we started to hear the initial reports, which uh, everyone, you hear Tiger Woods in a car accident and your mind goes in a number of directions. Um, and, you know, the bottom line is it was a very serious one. And thankfully that he's able to, to live and, and survive it. All right. One thing about him, his people are not usually tremendously forthcoming on injuries, surgeries, and things like that. How difficult is he to cover in that regard? We know he's had the back surgeries. We know he had a fifth one on December 23rd. But how difficult is it to cover him on the injury part? Yeah, it's a good question because it is difficult. Uh, We don't always know. I mean, his most recent back surgery he kind of downplayed it. We didn't know that it happened, and all of a sudden the news came out that it did, and you're like, okay, is this different than surgery number three or surgery number two, and how does this one exist on its own? Was it really necessary, or was it kind of voluntary? Those things you don't get with Tiger Woods, and so we're kind of left there wondering, okay, yesterday after his car accident is his back okay too like exactly that is a great that I mean that's something i was thinking about too i wonder how his back is i mean that was something i thought of like we knew the leg was in bad shape but i'm, I'm with you sean i thought the same thing you did yeah i mean it, it wasn't the first thing that came to my mind but it's certainly something that 
when you think about Tiger as a whole, he's a 45-year-old man with a lot of mileage. You know, he, mm-hmm. he has his body has been banged up. He has won major tournaments with major injuries, but um, this is this is to be as, as significant as anything he's gone through. Um, his leg was very, 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 very injured, so uh, he's got a long recovery ahead of him. He does. Uh, I know a lot of people have uh, uh, compared it to what happened with Ben Hogan. Ben Hogan, though, I, I don't think people realize, and Sean, of course, I'm not telling you anything, but Ben Hogan was 36 when it happened, as opposed to being in his mid-40s. I think there, there is that, that's something I think people have to realize. Yeah, I'm not totally comfortable with the comparison either, only yeah. because we still don't know a whole lot about what happened to Tiger Woods. Like, yeah. We have not seen his face. We have not heard his, uh, you know, we haven't heard the, the accident report. That has not been released yet. There, There's a lot that remains to be seen, and we know a good bit. We know that his leg was essentially mangled and that there was compound fractures to both of his lower right leg uh the bones in his leg and he's got a rod in his tibia and he's got screws and mm-hmm. pins in his right ankle and his foot so you know when you talk about some of the more horrific uh injuries that pro athletes have come from uh, like this is definitely up there all right so what's your assessment uh, because tiger's been in and out of the tour now what he did the masters obviously in uh, 2019 was spectacular but what's the tour been like without him on a regular basis I mean it's going to survive there's no doubt about that but still what's it been like to cover yeah I mean I think anyone in the industry would tell you that when Tiger is at an event uh, it raises its profile uh, by default that's just kind of how it's been uh, and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, but eventually the golf world uh, was going to have to move on. And, uh, you know, it, it's impossible to say what Tiger's golf future holds um, and what the tour will be like without him. But there are a lot of stars on tour. We will pay them more attention. You know, Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, Jordan Spieth, those guys, uh, those guys were always going to take the baton from Tiger at some point. So... Does this mean that they have to do that a little bit maybe earlier or more so than they expected? Possibly. I mean, I, I don't think Tiger's going to be playing golf here for a long time, right. uh, to, put, to put it bluntly. Yeah, no, well, exactly right. Yet he's still going to be a presence around this whole thing. This is where I see him. Uh, let me throw this guess out to you. I can see him being a Ryder Cup captain. And just uh, because I know I, you can tell he wants to go in that direction. Would that be fair, Sean? Yeah, I think he definitely has that on his frontier uh, in his future. Uh, that's one of those tricky things where they've already decided the the Ryder Cup captain for 2021, and they probably won't decide um, for at least another 15 months who the next Ryder Cup captain will be. Um, so. That's definitely in his future, um, but it's also in Phil Mickelson's future, and it's also yes. possibly in Zach Johnson's future. And so at some point, you end up kind of 
having this big group of people who want to do this one job that comes around every other year. And uh, it's definitely a tough crowd. Uh, to, it's a tough job to get. Uh, he's probably at the top of the list for people we would want doing it. But there's also the President's Cup. So in other words, one can do the, like Mickelson can do a President's Cup one year. Ryder Cup can go to Tiger. Then the next time it can switch around to Mickelson. You know what I mean? It can rotate through because you at least do have that. And Mickelson, to his credit, has been a presence with the President's Cup. Yeah, yeah, they both have. I mean, Tiger yeah. Tiger captained the most recent President's Cup team and did it successfully, and uh, he did it as a playing captain, which is one of the more incredible things uh, I think a lot of people have seen in golf in the last decade. So he's definitely got the chops uh, to do it. All right, so they go through this uh, and, and what happened yesterday. He has never been one that people have said, why doesn't he have a driver? I don't think people realize, not despite some of the things he's been through. He actually likes to drive himself. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's very easy for us to see what happens on television and be like, wow, Tiger Woods, why doesn't he just employ someone to drive him around everywhere? That's just not how Tiger thinks. Tiger's an individual, uh, and he is a proud man, and he likes to he likes to drive. He likes to be in control. I like to be in control. I'm yeah. sure you guys like, you yep. know, when when your car's involved, you like to be behind the wheel. I don't think there's anything wrong for Tiger Woods to uh, that he was driving. <laughs> you know, like that's just, it's kind of a humane thing that we like to do. And he's one of the people that really enjoyed handling that part of his life. Um, it's not abnormal or necessarily expected of players to do that, but uh, that's just kind of how Tiger did it. Yeah, and to be honest with you, it, it, with some of the things I've done, I've actually a few times, not many, but a few times have been offered drivers, and I've always said no because I prefer to drive myself anyway. I mean, it's, I mean, I, so I understand how he feels. You just feel like you have your own personal independence. You can keep your own schedule. Yeah, and I think uh, I think the truth of this accident and is that it, it, it took place in, in an area where accidents have happened, where speeding is a bit of a, uh, it's a trouble spot. Yes, it is. Law enforcement said. And, you know, could you or I have been speeding down that road? Completely plausible. Um, it happened to Tiger Woods. And like I said, we're going to find out more in the coming days about the accident report. But that just shows you what can happen in an instant. Uh, and, uh, you know, another reason why we're we're very lucky he was wearing his seatbelt. Yes, exactly. And, and people don't realize he only had to go four and a half miles to where he had to go, and he was he was only a half mile into the journey when this happened. It was not actually a long trip that he was making. Yeah, and you know, it's just this weird scenario, right? Where unless we have a camera there, it's hard to know everything that was going on. Uh, but yeah, Tiger was out in LA for various content shoots, and he was handling all the driving by himself all week long. So for people to to, to kind of say why doesn't he have a driver is just to kind of ask a guy why does why does he like to do things by himself? Right. right. Well, it's, it's kind of weird. What are the demands usually on a Tiger Woods? For example, you're talking about he was in LA. He was supposed to be with Drew Brees and Justin Herbert yesterday as part of what he's doing, I think, for Discovery Plus. Uh, he had been with uh, the day before with David Spade and Dwayne Wade. Normally in a, in a Tiger schedule, what are the demands on a guy like that that maybe people don't realize, Sean? Yeah, you know what's interesting is that this week, 
on an annual basis is generally one of the busiest ones of Tiger's uh, professional life. He doesn't have a ton of demands himself because he's above that. He is worth, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars and doesn't need all the sponsorship days that uh, lesser players on the PGA Tour and LPGA Tour kind of have written into their contracts. So the demands on him aren't often all that great. However, uh, the Genesis Invitational is an event that he hosted. Yes. So he was there on site this week. And, you know, he has a contract with Discovery, as you said, and this is this was two of their days built into the contract. So this was a this was a busy week for him. Um and unfortunately, obviously, yeah. it's a week that's going to change his life. Really appreciate the time uh, you gave us uh, and very much and the insight you gave us as well. Hopefully, we'll be able to get you back. Sounds good. Take it easy. You... Sean Zach from Golf.com. Great to have him with us on the show today. Uh, Dave's email, which is a really good one. I look forward to talking about it here at uh, 435. Here we'll take the last part of the show and discuss it. Uh, talking about financials. Uh, the other day, I was uh, I was over at at uh, at Walmart to pick something up, and of course they have you know you know there's a section with TVs and computers and videos, and so I you know I just glanced at a couple of the DVDs there. There was a gray one. Also, now nowhere there's a a, a huge picture on the front of the DVD jacket of the suit with a mallet. It was Croquet My Way series. Oh, boy. It was fabulous. <laughs> we'll come back with more in a moment. <laughs> Croquet My Way on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Earlier it was stated that the jaws of life was utilized to extricate the person trapped. It was later determined by our personnel that a hologram tube which is used for prying, and an axe was also used to pry the person free from the vehicle. Well, they were able to get him out, stabilize the leg, get him on a backboard, get him into a an ambulance, get him to the hospital. Now, he ended up going to Harbor UCLA for exactly the reason we said yesterday. That is... In his situation, trauma situation, that's the hospital that's closest that you go to. Uh, now, how much more we're going to find out about this? I think the only thing we're going to find out about this moving forward is going to be when the accident report itself comes out. He's not going to be charged with anything. They've already made that plain today. They said, look, accidents happen. This is an accident. But you'll find out more about speed. Conditions now. Obviously, they're going to have to interview him. Now, for example, I mean, people have speculated: was it a cell phone he was on? Was he, you know, uh, distracted by something else? For all we know, an for all we know, something as simple, which we've all run into, an animal ran out. You never know. Just you don't know. That's what the investigation's for. Everybody wants to know now, which is how we've become. We need to know now. I got it, but we're not going to find out now. It's going to be a couple of weeks minimum before we even find out the circumstances 
as he was driving down that hill on a stretch of road that's 45 miles an hour. You want to talk about fortunate. That's four lanes there. All right? It's 45 miles an hour going uphill, too, you know. And he was fortunate as he crossed all that, there wasn't a vehicle coming at him. Remarkable. All right. So, great to have you with us today. Did you realize that there are 90 FCS programs playing in the spring? 90. Uh, And the championship game, I believe, is April 18th? Something like that. But they have 90 FCS programs playing in the spring. And Bucknell is scheduled right now. Not official yet, but scheduled to be one of them. Right. Hopefully soon. I mean, do they have a date for the opener or anything? Uh, yes. I believe it's March 7th. They're gonna. Ha- it's going to be a four-game season, two home, two road, and then the Patriot League Championship is the week after. Doug, get ready, buddy. I'm rooting for you. Poor Doug's been in football dry dock for a while. Oh, yeah, the other guy, too. Yeah, that guy. Expanding his repertoire to the spring. <laughs> uh, basketball last night. The uh, Penn State won at Nebraska, 86-83. Uh, the first half, they committed 15 turnovers, which kept Nebraska in the game. Now, in the second half, Penn State only had four turnovers, but they had one bad one late. They, you know, you get the ball in... All right, and just hold on to it. The guy that held that had the ball then threw it away. Is a guy that's hit twenty nine of his last thirty two free throws. Let him foul you. I want you shooting. Twenty nine of thirty two in my neighborhood is good. Uh, but they ended up hitting in the last four oh two of the game, nine of ten free throws. There was also a moment about. About two-thirds of the way through the second half where Penn State went into a lull from the field, but they kept scoring because they get the ball inside. John Harrow would get it. He'd get fouled. Boom, they get the ball inside. John Harrow would get it. He'd get fouled. And John was making free throws. So even though Penn State wasn't, quote, hitting shots from the field, they were able to get to the free throw line and keep scoring. And that made a difference. Uh, Look, Nebraska is a team, I think it's remarkable they scored 86. It's one thing since the pause, Nebraska, which shot over 50% last night, but Nebraska offensively is just so helter-skelter and disorganized. I mean, I know Allen had 41, so he had 41 of the 83 points. But something that's been for Nebraska that's completely different, I don't think a lot of people realize. I heard somebody say to me, oh, well, God, I mean, they only shot 40% against that team. Their, their defense stinks. Um, actually, Nebraska went into the pause, their pause. They were out for, what, three weeks? Ranked 228 in defensive efficiency. You know what I know where they are now? 44. They have, since they came back from the pause, I don't think people realize Nebraska's been playing really well defensively. Penn State put 86 up on him last night. But again, you got to stay away from mistakes. I don't like how I don't like how Jamari Wheeler ended the first half. 
you know, you, you there's a you go with eight seconds on the shot clock. Eight. You don't go with fifteen. You're trying you're trying to accomplish two things there. You want to get a good shot, but you want to drain the clock so the other team doesn't have an opportunity to come back. He went so soon, they got nothing out of it. Then Penn State had a foul to give, and Myron Jones committed the foul, which was his second. And then when MJ got his picked up his third early in the second half, he had to sit for a while. Like, there's domino effects and things from the first half to go to the second half that I think a lot of people don't take into account. MJ was great. He had 29 last night. So they get the win. Now they have Purdue Friday night at 7 on, beginning at 6.30. Where you get to that question that uh, Dave from Jameson posed, which was, in fact, three questions, really, really good ones. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Horse Reed and Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Roots 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Roots 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great new inventory, fabulous pre-owned inventory as well, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, keywords 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. All right, so let's get to Dave's email here. It says, uh, Dear Stupid, I mean Steve, no, no. Dear Steve, we know the business side of sports can have a real impact on winning and losing, even though some people would like to believe otherwise. I'll let you comment further on who that might be. Enough of the corner office. We'll move forward. Tony Knopp, strategy session, salary cap analysis with Neil Kulong, Big Ten football TV contracts, always an entertaining, always an interesting topic. I think your audience might like to get some clarity on how the financials work in Penn State athletics. Recently, the Penn State Board of Trustees voted to approve a $48 million project to improve the football facilities with $8 million from donors and $40 million in debt. Uh, please correct if I'm wrong. Board of Trustees member Jay Paterno voted against this spending, and LeVar Arrington and Corey Geiger, for example, had some opposing comments. Without getting into for or against the project, I had some questions on Penn State specifically. Number one, are the financials for intercollegiate athletics separate from the rest of the university operations? The answer is yes. Penn State is autonomous with its athletic department financially compared to the rest of the university. So they maintain that autonomy. So when you see what the budget happens to be, what they spent, how much revenue they took in, that is all within the athletic department itself. They are not in financially connected in that way to the university. So athletics does not drain the university budget. What they take in is what they end up spending, obviously, when it's a normal year. Does the athletic department actually cut a check to the bursar's office for scholarship tuition and other student expenses, or is it treated like a credit? No, they have to actually, that's part of the, the budget. So when it comes time to pay for scholarships, athletics has to send the bursar's office uh, a transfer. They have to do it. Athletic directors will tell you that over the years, 
they always sit back and they wait to see what a board of trustees, not even just Penn State, any board of trustees, they have to find out what they want to do with tuition, what do they want to do with room and board, and then it affects how the athletic department budget works. So, yes, that does happen. Does ICA borrow money from the university? Seems like athletics could get a better rate with an internal lender and not a bank. It is possible to do that. Uh, so that part is possible. You can do that. But for the most part, athletics has kept itself in the black with a little bit of a cushion to work with. But, of course, now you're in a different financial strait at this moment. So since you're a different financial strait at this moment, how you want to then close that gap temporarily, you have to come up with interesting ways to do it. If the financials are not separate, there's some uh, opportunity uh, cost uh, for the spend on football. But if money is indeed separate, the ICA has the burden of getting the return on the loan investment and the payoff might be worth it. Still trying to live up, by the way, to the standard of Doug in Wellsboro and Dick in Milton, Dave and Jameson. Also, he says, P.S., planning for springtime, would like to get your list of top golf courses to play in the State College area. Dave, I hope that answered your questions. They're all really good questions. But that's something that's been interesting over the years. Not every athletic department in the country is autonomous. And not okay, But Penn State always has been. They've maintained that level of financial autonomy, which is great for the university. The university can concentrate on what the university does, while the athletic department can concentrate on what the athletic department does from a financial point of view. And I think that's something that over the years has made Penn State a great athletic department business model because they're, quote, not a drain on the university. For example, something Dave didn't put in there, athletics does not own or run the Bryce Jordan Center. So whenever Penn State plays a game for women's basketball, men's basketball, office space for the athletic departments, for the basketball programs, they have to pay rent to do that. Uh, now, who's running it now? It used to be, I'm trying, I, don't, I can't remember what the name of the department is now, but it used to be what was called Housing and Food Services. They ran and operated the Bryce Jordan Center. So that's who the financial transfer had to go through. So whenever Penn State practices in the South Gym, women's basketball, men's basketball, whenever they play a game in the main gym, there's a rental involved. There's a rental involved for all the office space that is used by the athletic department. That's all part of it as well because they don't own and operate the building. So something even as simple as that, that's where, again, the autonomy comes in about paying your own bills. So, Dave, I hope that helped out. I hope that helped out. But great questions. And I appreciate the questions very, very much. Great questions. See, Matt? The audience comes up with great questions. All the time, absolutely. No, I went through the, the, okay, there wasn't one hateful comment about Carson Wentz in here at all. That's why I was anxious to get to it. <laughs> we also don't know if he's an Eagles fan or not. First of all, you can just read Dave's email, and you can see the intelligence and the logic in it. Absolutely. So you're saying he's not an Eagles fan just because of that? I'm complimenting, I'm complimenting Dave. <laughs> There are some Eagle fans out there not like me, I hope you know. Maybe They're he's worse. one of them. 
They're worse? <laughs> no, there's worse than me. Trust me. I've seen them. But there are some that might be better than me as far as temperament look, is concerned look, sometimes. These are these are your people. <laughs> hey, next caller, by the way, will get a Croquet My Way uh, video from the suit. I can't believe we're not getting any calls. Just got that memo. (laughs) All right. Great to have you with us on the show today. Looking forward to hearing from all of you as we update you on what's happening in sports. Penn State basketball, by the way, coming up Friday night. We will carry the game for you. 7 o'clock, the tip-off when they take on Purdue in the Jordan Center. And the airtime is set for 6.30 here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Great to have you with us today on Sports Talk with Steve Jones here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. And hopefully I got everything there you needed there, Matt. That's <laughs> we'll find out in a minute if anything, anything works here or not. <laughs> All right. Fun day today. After yesterday, we're, look, I think yesterday, how we handled it yesterday, when you don't have any information, when you don't have it, and we were just going by base information, you can't spend two hours talking about something where you have no information about it. You just can't. And so we continued on with the show while doing updates after each segment. Before each segment and after each segment, we did updates. I just, because I don't think you can go around in a circle. Waiting and hoping for something to break. I mean, it's, and especially with this particular athlete, his people are not going to be, flowing to the media with information that's just not their style. They never have been. So, just never have been. All right. We'll take a break. We'll come back, wrap up this broadcast extravaganza that only we can put together here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Key, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. All right, so uh, the um, 
there's a story here today about the NBA. Should the NBA expand all-star rosters? Yes, they should. Okay, you know what? Um, does anybody care? No. <laughs> I mean, now, the, now, do the players care? Yeah, the play, here's why the players care. The players care because of the recognition. Important. Right? So I understand that part. But there's another part to this. And that is, it's there's the money part. I mean, the money part is critical. Right? Because they get a bonus for being in it. Right? However... I don't think the players get any credibility toward that argument this year because now they're arguing they don't want to play it. Some players don't. Some players don't. Some players don't. Yeah, some players don't. There we go. Trying to get you some info here. All right. I think I've done it. You never know. Uh... So some players don't. Uh, I think the Aaron Fox, LeBron James mentioned that he doesn't think. Yes, well, that's fine. Which is fine. You know, I never complain about whether LeBron James wants to play in something or not because you know what he's played in the Olympics three times, and he's played in the Olympics. He has played in the finals ten straight years. You know what? Eleven of the last twelve. That guy's played a lot of basketball. When you're playing in the finals, and then, you know, there's three different times now where he's played, well, actually two different things. 2004, they weren't in the finals. But there's been two other times in his career where he's played in the finals and he's played in the Olympic Games. Like, holy mackerel, that's a lot of basketball with no breaks. So if he doesn't want to play in the All-Star game and wants some time off, fine. I don't, you know, I mean, do you even watch it? Not really, no. I th- I think it's kind of a joke of a game. Kind of. I I just think the whole NBA week, the whole NBA weekend, in general, just stinks because it just kind of plays in the reasons why I hate the NBA because then it, it becomes more about Hollywood than about the game, and I hate that about the league right now. Right. No, I hear you. Uh, the NBA remains committed, by the way, to playing 72 games. They've announced that the second half of the season is about to start. And uh, in that second half, they're going to end May 18th and start the playoffs May 22nd. So that's what they want to do. Okay. They've been doing this in phases. The NBA and the NHL have had a little more trouble getting off the ground here with certain things because, obviously, with with the, some of the COVID issues. But, yeah. NHL especially. Yeah, they've had teams out, which is that, – that hasn't helped. Um, that has not helped. Um, and that, that's been a big problem. So they've missed a lot of games. And the NHL has a limited season. They only want to play 56. And, you know, how we talk all the time, and I've talked to discuss this many times, about how long seasons are. Well, I mentioned 90 teams in FCS. Now, how many teams are going to be in the playoffs this year? 16? I think it was supposed to be yeah, 24 originally. four teams from each division. 
Yeah, so they're going to have, and I think they had expanded the playoff to 24, so they're going to roll it back to 16 for the spring. But it's amazing that the FCS playoff, I know a lot of people have talked about right now the college football playoff being at four. In 1978, FCS, which was Division I AA back then, and then Division II and Division Three got rolling with playoffs. You know how many teams that were in the playoff when they started in 1978? Four. So, that's, that's the way it is. And now it's 24. Now they're going to roll it back to 16 this time around. But it can be done. That's the point. It's amazing how... What Bucknell will play what ten games in the regular season? Not not this spring. I'm talking about normally ten games in the regular season. Some number like that. FBS football, you're playing twelve, and that's um. That is a difference. You already have two other games built in. And then you may have a conference championship game. Okay. But FCS, that's where they, that's where they, um, That's where they started at. 1978 started with four. And actually, i got to correct myself from earlier. Bucknell right now would open up the season March 13th against Fordham. Against Fordham, okay. Yep. Then they had Lafayette at home, Lehigh on the road, Holy Cross on the road. Then the Patriot League title game, I think, would be the week or two after that. And then so on. But nothing official yet. Right. Okay. Hey, at least they get to play some games. Yeah, and I'm I'm only I'm mostly thinking about the seniors and give them something out of this. Now the NCAA basketball tournament they are going to be able to do if they play the tournament through, which they're they're going to. Uh, they will be able to have the full payout totaling $613 million. Athletic departments are aching for that money across the board. So the full payout of $613 million, they have quietly confirmed that. Uh, there's going to be 37 and not 36 at-large bids this year. Do you recall why, Mr. Controllo? Because the Ivy League is not playing this year, thus there's no automatic bid for the Ivy League. So it's an at-large bid. So there's 37 at-large bids. You don't have Arizona. Uh, you, you know, Arizona probably would make it, but they have opted not to play in the tournament as they have self-imposed. All right? They've self-imposed their uh, postseason ban. Okay. Oklahoma State has done the same thing. Auburn. Now, Auburn's not going to make it anyway. but So you do have... Uh, a list of schools that haven't. And let's be honest about it. When it comes to the Blue Bloods, you're seeing Dukes won a couple games lately. Michigan State's won a couple games lately. Human beings are making these decisions in the room. Let's be honest about it. Because they are, 
let's face it, brand names mean something to certain people. Right? It's not what you want to hear, but it's probably true. It's it's something just to consider. They do think that. Now, it's not what what you want to hear. I know that. Oh, well, it's... um, Again, I don't want computers making the decision, do you? No. Well, you've got something against computers these days, but that's a different story. (laughs) You can admit it. Oh, I do. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But that's the... uh, But it's 37, not 36. The key is, for athletic departments, the full 613 will be paid out. And athletic departments are begging for that. They're just begging that they can be, you know, to have it sent out. And that is the bottom line on it. The bottom line. It's they because right now the bottom lines for everybody happen to be hurting. It goes back to Dave's email when Dave was talking about finances. Now, Penn State was able to keep their losses about as low as they can keep them. I was surprised when I saw the number. I mean, it's not a small number, but I was surprised when I saw the number. And I had not saw the number. You know what? It was Sandy told me the number. It was back in December. I thought, ew, wow. I said, I said, with all due respect, I know that's not a great number, but I expected worse. I think I just described this, this show. You expected worse and didn't get it. Huh. Matt's rolling his eyes. <laughs> Back with you tomorrow. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf on News Radio 1070 WKOK.